0: Welcome to Roll Call Radio on the Warrior Alliance Network. And I'm your host, Nikki Landry, with Johnny Joey Jones, retired Marine Corps Staff Sergeant, who now works at Camp Southern Ground as their spokesperson for their efforts, as well as being a military advisor and liaison for the military community at Camp Southern Ground. Thank you, Joey, for being here with us today on the Warrior Alliance Network.
1: Well, thanks for coming out here today. It's it's quite the honor to sit down and talk with you guys.
0: Give us a little background of when you joined the military and why you joined the military
1: joined the Marine Corps back in 2004, 2005 out of Dalton, Georgia. There you either made carpet or you built the buildings that carpet was made in. So there wasn't a whole lot that I uh, I saw for a career path. I remember thinking in 2004 when I graduated, man, if I don't hurry up and join the military, I'm going to miss this war. And uh, it's kind of ironic to sit back and look now in 2018, almost 2019. So I joined the Marine Corps then and I served for eight years total. I went to Iraq in 2007 and 8, and uh, Afghanistan in 2010 as an EOD tech or a tech. And uh, on August 6, 2010, I lost my legs to an IED. Having taken apart a few hundred IEDs and deployed a few times as a bomb tech, I realized that's probably not a career path I would continue down after losing my legs. And I got involved in advocacy. At first, it was more self-serving, I believe. Told that I couldn't stay in a critical skills MOS. And uh, it was really important to me. I was proud of being a Marine, but I was even more proud of being an EOD tech. So I became a one-man lobby uh, to keep our severely wounded that were allowed to stay in the Marine Corps to also be allowed to stay in the EOD field and uh, and worked hard at that. At the same time, I had a lot of peers that were getting injured. You know, disproportionately, there were about 400 EOD techs and two dozen of us up in the ward at Walter Reed. So having a more outgoing personality, being really passionate about something, which was a, a blessing to me at the time, just visited guys room to room and shared information, encouragement, backed that up with communicating with the Marine Corps on what I felt like those guys and gals needed. And it just turned into a great opportunity there at the House Veterans Affairs Committee in D.C. And so I did that fellowship for a year while I was finished up school at Georgetown, and uh, and that kind of ended my military service. I retired in 2012, but I continued to stay in the military nonprofit space and try to be a spokesperson, try to lend a voice of concern from the guys and gals who were actually injured and not just the 60-year-old generals who thought they knew what we were up to. And it became a really amazing opportunity, not so much in D.C. I learned if I really wanted to change the world, I probably need to get as far away from that town as I needed to. But to go and, and work for a small military nonprofit in Texas, become a friend and and it's sometimes spokesperson for other larger ones that I felt like did things right and just to be active in that space of encouraging other veterans and making sure that society understood who we were and what we truly needed just not what the the narrative may say and all of that landed here at Camp Southern Ground with uh, Zach and the team and to start a transition program for veterans here has been a really amazing I would say dream at this point uh, coming to fruition.
0: So what was it that made you join the Marine?
1: My dad laid brick and block and my mom cleaned houses. None of Those three opportunities seemed like what I wanted to do. I I often joked that I joined the Marine Corps to get away from hard work. My dad was that kind of guy. But really, the reason why I joined the Marine Corps, my two best friends, a guy named Chris and a guy named Keith. Chris's dad was a Desert Storm veteran, but also our middle school football coach and high school technology teacher. And he was just one of those larger-than-life individuals. He was very confident and very proud of his Marine Corps service. And you could just see something in him that that you wanted. Chris was a straight-A student. I played football with him, and he went on to North Georgia College in the ROTC program. Keith and I stayed in Dalton and uh, went to school at the local community college and Keith's dad was career air force over in Arkansas so they had that influence. I didn't have that. If you served in my family it was community service because you got caught doing something you weren't supposed to do so it wasn't really an element of my life so it was mysterious to me and wasn't something I thought I'd ever do. When I finally graduated high school Keith Introduced me to my recruiter And it just kind of turned into I was doing it because Because it was the next thing I could do And I like to tell people It was very selfish reasons that I joined Which was to get responsible And prove myself Perhaps to a, to an ex-girlfriend Or something like that And it turned into something Much bigger than that Really quickly I really learned the concept of service Being a part of something bigger than yourself And it just really became a place Where I could set a goal And reach a goal And, and led me into the EOD field
0: Working in the EOD field I can imagine very strange. What was it like after you joined the EOD field? What did you see in the EOD field?
1: Really what I saw in the EOD field was an opportunity to be something a little bit more, a little more selfless and a little bit more on the front lines than what I had done previously. So I went into the EOD field looking for the, the added brotherhood, a new fraternity, and something where IEDs were a big part of it, but really what made it interesting to me was just the overall responsibility. I was guarding nuclear submarines in Pearl Harbor, and EOD would come out and war game us. And I was on a ship called the USS Rushmore doing the Rim of the Pacific exercise, and the EOD guys were in charge of, of half of what we were training to do, and so it just seemed like they had a very important job. So in 2010, I ended up in Afghanistan it was about the time president obama was telling the taliban we would be out in a few months so They started to ramp up their operations because they thought they were about to gain a foothold. And what we thought would be a relatively peaceful deployment turned into a very, what we would call, kinetic one. And so from 2009 to 2012, we lost about 30 Marine EOD techs out of a field of 400. And twice that many were injured severely, mostly uh, amputation of limb.
0: Bring us into your story.
1: My story is not unlike many of of my peers. I was working as an EOD tech for six months. I'd rendered safe about 60 IEDs in that deployment. And we went to take a town called Safar Bazaar which had been used for a trading post and we had enough intelligence to know that they would bring in IED components there and use it as a funnel to get them up through the AO that we were working in. And so really we wanted to take the town to kind of cut off the supply of bombs and bomb makers but there were a lot of civilians there so we had to let them know we were coming. So by the time we got there to the town, we, we fought for about a day and a half to take it, not really anything major, but what they had done is taken these warehouses or storage buildings full of IED components and turned the village into a minefield. So in five and half and a half days, my teammate and I worked about 30 IEDs. There were four other EOD techs, two other teams. They worked about 18 among the two of them, so we had seen 50 IEDs in five days, and uh, the numbers kind of just caught up to us. So, the 6th morning, we were clearing out some buildings, saw some stuff that didn't make sense, moved it around, called for for help to come document it and um, I just you know stepped on an IED we didn't know was there so it's a little bit ironic I say I'm still batting a thousand on taking apart IEDs I just did the last one with my feet
0: what was it like for you to transition out
1: well transition to me is is the key veterans issue I'd say all the time that there are no veterans issues they're just human issues that acutely affect the veteran community So when you go down the line, even in combat experience, on the other side, you have traumatic experience that all people have. And so for me, transition was actually a blessing and an exciting adventure. I was really lucky in that I got injured after um, the DOD and VA came up with what's called the IDES, Improvised Disability Evaluation System. So what that meant was you would stay active duty while both the DOD and the VA assessed you for disability and gave you your ratings, So it meant that those from about 2007 on, uh, when, or 2008 on, when we got injured, we stayed active duty a year, two years longer, even if we wanted to get out. And it provided an opportunity, kind of a dead space, for me to go out and try things. It was almost mandated that we did. So I volunteered for military nonprofits. I worked on Capitol Hill. I started school to community college, and that turned into opportunity at Georgetown University. And in doing all that, I had a, a safety net and income through the DOD and a job as a Marine uh, while trying and finding what was going to be next for me and what suited my passions. And that's actually why we have this program here at Camp Southern Ground. Not everyone was able to take advantage of that. I fortunately was. So transition for me and staying positive really was centered around, I had a family I needed to take care of. When I got injured, a Marine engineer named Daniel Greer was killed. So I had an immediate contrast of saying, okay, I could be upset about losing my legs or I could be thankful that I'd Kept my life.
0: What was the physical recovery like for you?
1: Much like my passion of working out, there was always a goal. I didn't compare myself to before my injury. I just compared today to yesterday, and so every day was a was a step forward and a new goal achieved. And I applied that across the board with my personal relationships, my physical recovery, and then my occupational recovery. What I was going to do next, and so. Um, and I'll tell people all the time, I always offer before you ask and always uh, give before you take. And if you can apply that to different places in your life, that's what networking truly is. And that's what opens up doors.
0: Camp Southern Ground has a transitioning program for veterans. Can you explain a little bit to us about that and the value that it brings to the veteran?
1: For the most part, it's transitioning out of service into civilian life. And in some cases, with the other programs we do for veterans outside of our Warrior Week, it's transitioning home from war or traumatic experience the value in it and really what we what we've landed on and we believe really makes sense for us is a three-pronged approach so we want you to discover your strengths, what you work good at. Develop or define your purpose in life or your mission and then develop a plan to go out and execute it. And the way we like to present it is that when you join the military you're prescribed a mission in life to keep this country safe and to keep our enemies at bay and to keep your brother or sister beside you alive. Those are very admirable and important goals and missions and purpose but it's not what you were born to do necessarily. It's not what your personality and your individual strengths liken you to you know for many 22 to 40 to 50 year olds that are leaving the military that might be the first time in their life they're asking themselves questions that the regular citizens ask after high school or in college what is it that i'm good at what is it that i want to do what is it that i feel led to do and so this program is centered around finding that out about yourself and then how to orient your life and uh, the things you do in life to go out and accomplish it. Our program hopefully is the first time that veterans find confidence in a path to invest in themselves and discover what it is they can go out and do. Then we try to bring in the tools and influences uh, to make them confident and, uh, and feel like they're prepared to go do that. And so when we decided to serve veterans at Camp Southern Ground, we didn't say what is the trendy topic or what is it that society, the narrative is looking at that veterans need we said what are we and how can we best serve the veteran community And the truth is the the best way to serve anyone is to help them help themselves. And so that's our goal, and I believe that's what we're doing.
0: You've had a very big platform for speaking to veterans. What message would you like to leave us with today for a veteran who may be listening that may need to make a life decision?
1: I appreciate the opportunities I've been given, both to represent veterans as a voice, but also to speak back to the veteran community. Anytime I speak, I carry that responsibility. I'm not one Joey Jones. I am 20 million veterans in this country. who have all different opinions, backgrounds, and directions in life. And so when you're trying to speak to or for such a diverse group, you really have to narrow it down to the humanity of it. And for me, it's been real simple. I've had the honor of facing adversity, and I see adversity as opportunity. That is simple as my perspective. That's a choice I get to make. So when someone really smart puts a glass of water in front of you and it's at half capacity, and they say, you know, is this glass half full or half empty? I've learned, maybe quite not as smart as they are, but I've learned that I can say back to them, well, am I filling it up or pouring it out? And what I've learned is that it's not the situation you're in or you find yourself in, because that's not always your control. But it's what you do to respond to it that you're both in charge of and dictates how you how you live the rest of your life. So taking control of what you can control, as opposed to focusing on what you can't, that's something we can do in any situation. If we're, you know, if we're sick with cancer, if we've lost our legs, if we're going bankrupt or going through a break up all the all the types of adversity that affect a human life or a veterans life it's focusing on the things that we can control and take charge of and respond to That really give us the opportunity to to survive it and thrive through it when I speak to veterans that's what I try to speak to is taking control of the things you that you can control and challenging yourself in this country the narrative is what can we do for veterans but it's rarely what can veterans do for themselves uh, it's been the most important thing to me to believe in myself and most importantly believe in those that believe in me listen to them and let them help me and then lastly it's, it's important to me that people understand what my view of patriotism is and so when I speak to any group I end with telling them hey this is the greatest country in the world and they expect me to talk about the size of our military or our economic strength or our free system of government but what I've learned is we're the one place in the world that everyone looks different talks different prays different loves different but when we go out on the street none of those things matter when someone stumbles and falls down it's our instinct to stop and ask them if they need help getting back up It's our instinct to help one another out regardless of those things. And it's because we understand how hard it is to make it through a life, especially a free one where you're responsible for yourself. And so if you keep that humanity, if you keep that part of being an American in your life, say thank you, open the door for people, ask them how they're doing, give people a chance to prove you wrong. I think you'll get a lot more out of life and a lot more out of yourself.
0: I've noticed that you use the word we a lot in a lot of your context, and we at the Warrior Alliance so appreciate our partnership with Camp Southern Ground. Personally, what do you see as a value of being a partner with the Warrior Alliance
1: when it comes to VSOs, veteran service organizations, or just those out there trying to do something for the veteran community in general, we, we focus on those who have served. We say thank you for your service. And for me, when it comes to finding partners at Camp Southern Ground, it's looking for those that are serving something other than themselves. And you see that in nonprofits a lot. It, it's in, instinctual to guard your contacts, guard your donors, guard guard what makes your you know institution or establishment or organization valuable. And none of those things apply to the Warrior Alliance. It is 100% founded in connecting those doing good work with one another so it becomes more efficient and easier for veterans to find. And so it's been really valuable for us to be a part of Warrior Alliance because they've done such a great job of both connecting us with the veteran community at large, but also our neighbors that are doing good work. And um, I can tell you that some of the people that are the biggest contributors to our program, Warrior Week, have come from the Warrior Alliance. as partnering organizations and even businesses in the area that uh, that see the value in what we're doing and through a connection at Warrior Alliance have added to the quality of our program. So it's really important to me to, to work with people that aren't guarded, and uh, I would say the Warrior Alliance really does a tremendous job setting that example in the veteran service community.
0: Well, speaking about setting an example, thank you for setting the example for think all veterans you're just an amazing success story in itself and having such a positive attitude and outlook on life considering everything you've gone through it's no wonder that you're a spokesperson for what you do so thank you very much for your service and thank camp southern ground as well for our continued relationship this is my first time here and it's just blowing me away it's just it's so amazing and i, I can't wait to come back and try out all the camps that are here so thank you again joey for being here with us today
1: absolutely we're really proud of this place and we're proud of the work that we've done and obviously the work that zach has done and the vision he had but we're also very humbled to have really leaders like the warrior alliance and you all to come and be a part of it want to be our partner and really speak to uh the standard that we've tried to set so it means a lot to us to have you guys out here and to be a part of the warrior alliance so thank you so much